Well, thanks, y'all. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I hope you guys had an amazing Thanksgiving. I had a very quiet Thanksgiving. That wasn't the plan. We were supposed to be over at my folks' house with a large group of our extended family, but my two-year-old daughter, Parker, and my four-year-old son, Finley, decided it was a better idea to get really sick over Thanksgiving. And so we spent our Thanksgiving quarantined in our house trying to keep all of our family from getting sick. And so our Thanksgiving was very low-key, a lot of cuddles, a lot of dosing kids with medicine, a lot of them sharing their germs with me. Um, And so I'm fortunate enough to be getting over my children's generosity of sharing their germs with me right now. And so please forgive me if my voice gets a little bit hoarse or you hear some sniffles. Uh, I'm still trying to get over that little bug that my kids gave me. But this is, right now, right, this turn from Thanksgiving to Christmas is my favorite time of the year. I love getting together with my friends and my family members and the people that I love. I love the food. I love the Christmas carols. I love all of the lights and the parties and the decorations and the food. I really like the food. Um, it's my favorite time of the year because it's like the word joy is everywhere in big, flashing, colorful lights. And I love that because joy is an incredibly important posture and attitude in my life. It's been especially important for me over the last two and a half years. Not because I'm particularly good at it, but because I've learned the power that choosing joy can have on our lives. See, in June of 2017, about two and a half years ago, I turned 29. I'll save you some math, I'm 31 now, all right? So two and a half years ago, though, I was turning 29. And so, um, I decided to commemorate this last year in my 20s by doing something special. And so I decided that I was gonna do 30 new things before I turned 30. 30 before 30 is what I called it. I thought that I was very clever. I started a blog, and I asked my friends and my family to challenge me, to help me think of the 30 things, that the 30 new and different things that I was gonna do before I turned 30. It was gonna be a year of growth, a year of personal challenge, a year of joy. And so one of the challenges that I got came from my friend Michelle. You guys know her as Pastor Michelle. And she gave me this gratitude journal. And her challenge to me was to write down one thing that I was grateful for every single day. And I loved this idea. I loved the idea of being so, so very intentional about writing down the things that I was grateful for. But I'm going to be really honest with you. I didn't do it. I think we all love the idea of being really intentional and like writing things down that we're grateful for, but life is busy and you have things like sick toddlers that happen all of the time and other craziness and work and all of that. And so I didn't think I needed something like this and so I didn't make the time for it. After all, my life was going great. My husband Wes and I, we had two beautiful, healthy children at home Our jobs were both going great. We were happy. We were healthy. I didn't think that I had a need for something like this, for something like a gratitude journal. But about two months after my 29th birthday, something started to happen. I'm normally a pretty high-energy person, but very suddenly, 
I started to be very low energy. And I was starting to kind of struggle to do just like basic things day to day. And it continued to get worse to the point where I would feel ill for like weeks at a time for no apparent reason. And then in the fall of that year, uh, I started having this pain in my leg that didn't have any explanation either. And then slowly over about two months, that pain spread systematically through the rest of my body. After lots and lots of medical tests and uh, doctor's appointments after doctor's appointments, getting referral after referral, I was diagnosed with a serious autoimmune disease. The easiest way to talk about it is that my body was attacking its own healthy tissues. There was good news though, that my doctor, the doctor that was finally able to make the diagnosis was extremely optimistic about my prognosis. First, because it had been caught really, really early and before the disease had really had a chance to do any serious damage. And the second reason that she was very optimistic was because there was a simple treatment. Right? It wasn't this, this, this disease, it doesn't have a cure, but there is a simple treatment that tends to work for almost everyone. While I was still in shock, Wes and I were still, we were very optimistic. The instructions that my doctor gave me were to go home, take this pill, the simple treatment, and to live my life. So like I said, Wes and I were very optimistic, glad the disease had been found, that the diagnosis had come seemingly quickly, and that there seemed to be a simple solution. So optimistically, we moved forward with this simple treatment. Our joy a little frazzled, but still intact. But unfortunately, that treatment didn't work for me. Neither did the next one or the four or five that would be tried after that. And the symptoms of the disease continued to move forward and progress, and so the treatment had to become more and more aggressive to try to stop the disease's progress. And with the more and more aggressive treatments came more and more severe side effects. Now y'all, I had good days, I really did. I don't wanna be overly dramatic like I was bedridden or like I was dying or anything like that but most days were difficult. I struggled to do things that used to be very easy for me. I struggled to get down on the ground and play with my toddlers. I struggled to keep up with my job. I struggled to keep up with the day-to-day -day life and chores and errands that all of us have to do. I struggled to go and, and do things with my friends and my family. I remember numerous oh, time after time after time when I would have to cancel plans because I just wasn't feeling well or I was sick or whatever was going on. In fact, when my 30th birthday did roll around, we had to cancel the get-together that we had planned because my treatment had changed yet again and the side effects had me laid out sick for the better part of a week. I've believed for a very long time, likely for most of my life, that we can, in fact, choose joy that our joy doesn't have to be dependent on our circumstances. But this season of my life was really challenging that belief. How do I choose joy when joy isn't choosing me? 
You know, I think it's easy to choose joy when our lives are filled with happy circumstances. Right? When we have those happy moments as a child or on our wedding day or when our babies are born or when we accomplish that goal or when the spurs are the champs. It's easy to choose joy on those days. It's a lot less easy when we get that difficult diagnosis, when we face heartbreak, when we fail, when the divorce papers get served, when we lose someone we love, when we feel lost, unimportant, forgotten, marginalized, and rejected, when we're in pain. But here's the thing. If we allow our circumstances to decide for us whether or not we are going to have joy, our joy will always be iffy. So today I want to talk to us about how we can choose joy. But how? How do we choose joy when joy isn't choosing us? And so one of my favorite biblical authors is a man named James. And James's claim to fame is that he's the half-brother of Jesus. And James wrote a small portion of our Christian scriptures. He wrote a letter that we call, it's appropriately named, the book of James. It's named after him. And James is my very favorite book in the Christian scriptures for two reasons. Neither of them are spiritual at all. The first reason I love James, the book of James, is that it's short. Like y'all, real talk, life is busy. You can read through the book of James in about 10 to 20 minutes. And the second reason that I love the book of James is that James was Jesus' brother. And James believed in Jesus. Y'all think about that for a minute. How much convincing would it take for your brother to convince you that he was God? Okay, so if James is in, then I'm in too. And so James, he wrote this letter to believers that were scattered due to, due to persecution. It's very short, but it's filled to the brim with extremely practical and straightforward lessons. So I find myself in James, in the book of James often, especially when I don't know what to do. So in this difficult season when I didn't know what to do, I opened my Bible to James, chapter one. And I didn't have to read very far before something extremely relevant popped out. We're gonna look at James chapter one, verse two. And it says, consider it all joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. All right, so I'm gonna tell you all the truth. Are you ready for it? This made me mad. I think that's okay, it's okay to get mad at God, it's okay to ask questions, it's okay to do all of those things. And so in this season, when, it was, when I was having this difficult time, when I read this verse, it made me mad. Like, dude, this isn't joy, all right, this stinks. I don't want trials, I don't want pain. But notice the verse doesn't say that the trial is joy. It says, to consider it all joy. It reminds me of when I asked my husband to take the trash out. He may say something like, consider it done. All right, it doesn't mean that it's done. It means that I should, <laughs> that got too real. All right. It doesn't mean that it's done. It means that I should think about it like it's done. Consider it all joy. 
Think about it like it's joy. Choose joy. But through the filter of this health crisis, this felt weird. Like, am I just supposed to pretend like I'm happy about this? Right, that sounds dumb. But I kept reading. Why should I consider it joy? Why choose joy when joy isn't choosing me? So I've read on to the next verse. Consider it all joy whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. All right, James says that we should choose joy in a trial because the testing of our faith has a positive outcome. The testing of our faith leads to perseverance. And I think this is fairly relatable because I think we've all experienced some kind of trial that's led us to perseverance. The first thing that pops up in my mind is when I ran cross country when I was in high school. And so I remember the first practice of every season was just absolutely brutal. I don't remember the shin splints and the burning in my legs and the walking when no one was looking. I don't remember the burning in my lungs when on, on those cold mornings. And right when you felt like you were making headway, right when you felt like you were making progress, the workouts would just get longer and longer. But you learned to persevere. You learned mental toughness. You learned how to push yourself. And while the last workouts of the season may be 10 times what they were in the beginning of the season, they were easier for some reason because you had learned to persevere. You had learned that mental toughness. But I would have never gotten there if I hadn't been tested over and over again all season long. Now, if running until you threw up wasn't your thing in high school, all right, maybe you've experienced this in some other ways. All right, maybe for you, you muscled through a job that you hated to provide for your family. All right, maybe you sat through difficult classes and kind of trudged through them for your diploma. Maybe you've parented a child through a particularly difficult season. Or, you know, maybe you've gone through a difficult medical trial, or maybe you've stood alongside a family member and been a caregiver for a season. And as you live through that testing, you've learned to persevere, and that's a good thing. It's a great quality to have. Consider it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because the t you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. If I can say it another way, choose joy. Because the more your faith is tested, the more you learn to persevere. But here's the cool thing. Perseverance is great. It really is. But perseverance isn't God's ultimate goal for us when we go through trials. All right, let's look at the next verse. It says, consider it all joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Choose joy. Because the more your faith is tested, the more you learn to persevere. And when you learn to persevere, you grow. You become mature and complete, not lacking anything. You can become the person you were created to be. You can live with purpose. And when we look at these verses completely objectively, you know, it seems logical. It really does. Like, get excited when things are difficult because it's a chance to grow. Like, great, 
We all wanna grow. We all wanna get better. It's very easy to say that from the outside. But when you're in the struggle, all you see is the struggle. And it's hard to choose joy when joy isn't choosing you. And in that season, I definitely wanted to feel better more than I wanted to learn to persevere. Y'all, I would have given anything to be better. I would have given anything to be well. But even so, I memorized these verses and I started playing them on repeat in my head. Consider it all joy when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And it helped some, it did. When I didn't feel well, I repeated those verses. I consider it all joy. When I would struggle to do things that used to be easy, I would repeat those verses. Consider it all joy. While waiting in doctors' waiting rooms, consider it all joy. While giving myself shots, consider it all joy. It was very much an exercise that I felt like I needed to do rather than a solution that I thought might actually work. But as it turns out, I had the right solution, but I had the wrong perspective. In fact, I had no perspective. When I was in the struggle, all I could see was the struggle. And I was so focused on the trial in front of me, it was like I had blinders on. I wanted to choose joy, but all I could see was the crisis that was right in front of me, and it was absolutely sucking the joy right out of me. So do you guys remember this gratitude journal I just told you guys about that Michelle gave me? Well, this thing floated around in my backpack for months and months. And for most of that time, it was just something to move out of the way when I was trying to find my chapstick. But one day, when I saw it in my bag, I decided that I was gonna make myself think of something that I was grateful for. And the first time I did this, the first several times, maybe the first hundred times that I did this, it was very petty and shallow and half-hearted and a lot sarcastic because that's my spiritual gifting. And so, whenever I would see the journal, I would make myself think of something that I was grateful for. You know, like, thank you God that it's only 100 degrees out today instead of 105 degrees. Thank you God that I only had to sit in 30 minutes of traffic today instead of 45. Thank you God that the baby only threw up on me once instead of the three times like yesterday. But slowly, it got easier and more meaningful. And as I looked around my life, finding things that I was grateful for, it forced me to take those blinders off it forced me to take off the blinders that were keeping me solely focused on the crisis. And this, this exercise, it broadened my perspective to things that I hadn't even noticed were happening in the midst of the struggle. I had been so focused on the bad that I was missing the good stuff. 
I was so focused on having to rely on my husband's help that I was missing out on the fact of how our marriage was becoming stronger day by day as we were having to rely on each other in new and different ways. I was so focused on the weakness in my body that I was missing out on the mental resiliency that I was building as I learned to persevere. I was so focused on not being able to get down on the ground and do things with my children that I was missing out on the fact that I had young children that wanted their mom. I mean, what an incredible blessing to be so loved and needed. I was missing it. I was so focused on the fact that my faith was being tested that I was missing out on the fact that my relationship with God had gone to incredible new depths as I learned to be dependent on him, as I learned to rely on him. And as I started to practice gratitude, I found myself choosing joy. When I was living like this, all I could see was the pain in front of me. All I could see was the struggle, but as I took a step back and I searched my life for the things to be grateful for, my own life came alive in front of me. And suddenly this verse that I had on repeat in my head, it came to life. And I could feel that perseverance at work. I was becoming more resilient than I had ever been as I worked this muscle of gratitude and it started to become my default. And I went from waking up in the morning feeling sorry for myself to waking up in the morning saying, thank you, God. When I learned to practice gratitude, I learned to choose joy. And I learned what it meant to consider it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. Now, I would love to say from this moment I made this realization forward that my life has been all rainbows and unicorns and things like that, but it hasn't been because this is a daily thing because we're going to have trials. You know, my, my um, medical issues, I'm so grateful, are infinitely better than they were two and a half years ago by the grace of God and but with the help of a lot of doctors. I mean, that's something that I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful for. But I've had a ton of setbacks on that journey. I've had a ton of bad days. And on those days, it's, it's, it, I still want to default to that pity party. I still want to default to those blinders that keep me solely focused on the trial. Because choosing joy isn't a one and done deal. Y'all, gratitude is a muscle to be worked. Perseverance has to finish its work in me. Perseverance has to finish its work in you. We have to learn how to continually practice gratitude. Because when we learn to practice gratitude, we learn to choose joy. So how do you choose joy when joy doesn't choose you? You practice gratitude, and you keep practicing it, even when it's difficult, especially when it's difficult, especially when you have setbacks. Because the trials are going to happen in your life. They're going to. There's not much that I'm certain of, but I know that trials are going to happen in each and every one of your lives. It is an inevitability. And when those trials happen, when those seasons hit, you're going to be tempted to just focus on the struggle. 
But gratitude, gratitude opens up your perspective and it lets you see the incredible things that are going on in your life, to see the life lessons that you're learning, to see the fruits of your perseverance. Gratitude takes your blinders off. And when the blinders come off, you can consider it all joy. Because when you learn to practice gratitude, you learn to choose joy. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to practice gratitude. I want you to start right now. Right now, wherever you are, if you're in a seat right here, or if you're watching right now in the video cafe, right where you are, I want you to think of one thing that you're grateful for. For some of you, it came so easily. And what an incredible blessing that is. For some of you, it took you a beat to think of something. For others, you might be like me and your response might be a little bit sarcastic. Like, thank you God that the seasons have only changed four times this week. Welcome to South Texas. <laughs> and for others, you're struggling to think of anything. And you know, that's okay. Gratitude is a muscle to be worked. And I know that some of you are tired. I know that someone in here is tired of persevering, tired of the fake it until you make it, tired of figuring it out, tired of the trial, tired of the pain, just tired. I don't know what your struggle is, I can't imagine. But I need you to hear me on this. No matter what your struggle is, don't let your struggle steal your joy. Don't let it steal your joy. You may not have chosen your circumstances you may not have chosen your struggle, but you can choose joy in the midst of it. Consider it all joy when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be Complete, mature and complete, not lacking anything. Before we go today, I wanna to tell you a story. A story of a man who showed an amazing ability to choose joy. And his name was Horatio Spafford. And Horatio lived in the mid-1800s and he was a very successful businessman from Chicago. In November of 1873, Horatio and his wife planned a European trip for their family. But some last minute business kept Horatio from traveling with his family, so he sent his wife and his children ahead, intending on joining them just shortly after. On November the 22nd, the ship that his wife and children were on was struck by another vessel 
and sank in a short 12 minutes. Horatio received a telegram from his wife composed of only two words, saved alone. His children had been lost. Horatio immediately went to be with his wife. And while he was on his way to see her, he instructed his ship's captain to wake him when they neared the spot where his family's ship had gone down. And so on the deck of his ship, in the middle of the night, in the freezing Atlantic Ocean, Horatio stood on the deck of that ship and he wept for his children. And he cried out to God. And in the midst of his unimaginable pain, he penned these words. When peace like a river comes my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Those powerful words became the beginning of one of the most famous Christian hymns ever. And such an incredible example of choosing joy in unimaginable circumstances. And right now we're going to sing a version of this hymn that he wrote. And I want you to think about your circumstances. I want you to think about the trials that you are in. And I want you to hold them out in front of you. And I want you to sing these words over them. I want you to choose joy. Through it all. 
Thank you, God, that in you all is well. My prayer for each person that's hearing this, Father, is that perseverance would finish its work in each of us so that we can be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Thank you, Father, that we can consider it all joy because of you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your son, Jesus. It's in his powerful name that we pray. Amen.